0: Welcome to season two, episode 10. We're still talking about it. We're still talking. Oh, yeah. Me and you, baby. What do yeah. we do first? Back. We're back. We are cracked and Here we go. Hey. Cheers. Cheers. My God, for Cheers. the first time all season, I didn't spray you with my cloth. No, I sprayed you, though. Mm. Mm. Um, (laughs) Well, welcome to the end of season two, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us through this interview season, which was so So fun. fun. It was
1: was so fun, and it's amazing looking back at everyone that was involved in this season. I mean, so
0: we want to take this episode to share our reflections on the season. You know, we talked to... Some amazing people, and it was really fun to make space for other people's stories, especially since we were able to uh, talk about things that you and I don't have experience with. Like, those are many of the stories that were discussed, were not the experiences that we share. Mm -hmm. So, that was really cool. And some. We did share. Yeah. yeah, and then some Some there was overlap, but, yeah. you know, with the interviews, I think um, we really wanted it to be about our guests' voices and experiences, mm-hmm. um, so we haven't had the chance to tell any of you what we think about any of right. the things. Don't you want it now? Don't you want it now? We're <laughs> fucking back. <laughs> and so we're back on the couch with our claws, just the two of us, and today we're going to do a look back on all Uh, nine interviews that we did over the course of this season and share with you just what we learned and what we resonated with and all the thoughts that we held inside in order to be good interviewers but we have lots of thoughts on all these topics we We
1: sure do and first and foremost i just want to fucking say thank you to everyone who came on to our show this season we had a blast um it was definitely a learning process for for (laughs) us to you know we started our first season uh just out of the gate very very Beginners,
0: back in the garage days. <laughs> back
1: in the fucking garage, yeah.
0: We were in Raina's garage, not like we're in some studio now. Now we're just in my living room, but, <laughs> but, um, but still it's a cold garage. So <laughs>
1: it's been a process for sure. Um, so let's start with fucking um, episode number one, right? right. Yeah, Season
0: two. it was addicted to love with Breanne Davis. Ah. Um, beautiful. Davis. She was so great. She was great. Um, I really loved this episode, and while we were doing the interview, a lot was coming up for me. Oh. Um, and I, and I am curious what it was like for you, but I wouldn't consider myself a sex or love addict. Mm-hmm. I do consider myself a recovering codependent, and I think the line between. Those things is pretty thin, yeah. And so there was a lot of kind of. I think so. I there was a time in my life where I actually took the the um, questionnaire she was talking about, Mm -hmm. and I scored pretty high on it. At that time in my life, I don't think I would score the same now Mm -hmm. because I've done so much work on codependency and and shit. But it's a it's a thin line to walk, is what I'm saying. And there were moments where she was talking where I was like, "Wow, I'm like noticing a lot of." emotion coming up a lot of thoughts coming up a lot of reflections on like my past patterns of behavior Mm -hmm. in relationships and sexually and it just yeah it brought up a lot and i learned a lot from listening to her talk
1: Mm -hmm. same what
0: about you yeah Yeah. i mean i
1: i honestly don't think i have an addictive personality um even though (laughs) that's probably a lie um Considering I've been doing that since I was 13, but meaning drinking, um, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, no, it really shed a lot of light on some of my own patterns myself, you know, with people and, um, the things that I expect from individuals or how I expect to be fulfilled by something external, Mm -hmm. um, that, was the thing I was chasing for so long. Not so much sex, but love. Yeah. Love, you know? And I wasn't it so much being addicted to the feeling of that, um, the butterflies and the, you know, that sensation. It was more so just the addiction per se. I don't know, I won't. I don't wanna call myself an addict, but um, of just chasing that um, feeling deep down inside to be
0: like fulfilled like mm-hmm. that longing for love yeah like 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 you said looking for it externally externally yeah and like chasing that like love high of like when you first meet somebody and it feels like they fulfill everything I mean I actually remember like this was like the worst relationship I've ever been in it was into college early 20s person was a very dangerous, like very manipulative person. Mm-hmm. Total love bomber, like just love bombing me out of the gate. And I remember thinking, like, I feel like I'm high on drugs. Like, I love this feeling. Mm-hmm. And then the relationship went south really quickly. He was had a gambling addiction and a lot of other issues that revealed themselves. And like the addiction to that love high feeling, that mm-hmm. feeling of like, but in the beginning, the beginning three months ago things were so great like I want to keep chasing this I want to keep trying to like recapture that and it was totally like seeking that like excited like dopamine serotonin feeling and seeking that like oh but for like three weeks when you were being nice to me I felt like I was fulfilled so that external validation
2: Yeah. yeah
1: and for me it wasn't in uh a sexual relationship or a partner. Yeah, it was more so with people. Like I feel like I got addicted to people or I, I um their attention. I guess mm-hmm. you would say. Like once they give me attention, I'm super flattered and I'm super overwhelmed and I'm like, oh my god, you see me, you love me. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like now I love you too. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? And then and then I would be if they didn't do exactly what I thought they were supposed to do to show them to show me that they loved me. Then it was like, Oh, you don't love me. And there we go. Then it's that continuous cycle of like always looking into somebody else to fulfill that like deep fucking void inside of you.
0: That fulfillment that high externally through other people. I mean, I just, I really appreciated that episode because Mm -hmm. it gave me the chance to reflect on places where i've grown like yes. the process of recovering from codependency is yeah. really painful um and really wonderful and then also shown like shown shined, shined. shown shi- shown or shined a light oh, is a. it's not shined it's shined <laughs> it's shined shine a ma- light yeah yeah My brain's a little broken today, but it shined a light on places where I was able to notice, like, oh, like you still have a little bit of like growing to do in this area, and I thought that was really just cool, and it sparked good conversation with my partner, and it was just like really um, generous of her to talk about such a taboo topic because coming out as a a person in recovery for sex and love addiction has a lot of stigma attached to it, and I just loved getting to hear her story. Yes. Same. So
1: thank you so much, Brienne. Yes. And if y'all haven't heard that episode, um, you should. And a there's one. a 40 question questionnaire on sex and love addiction. Um, that is available out there on one of our posts, um, about this. So thank wow. you once again, miss Brienne Davis. The best. Thank you, thank All you. the best. Um, so moving on to, Oh baby. Oh baby. <laughs>
0: um, the scary
1: baby, oh my God. <laughs> uh, Alexis. Alexis.
0: Yes. Yeah, so watching. in that episode, we got to talk to Alexis about postpartum depression. Or excuse me, that just goes to show why we needed to do that episode. Exactly. Postpartum anxiety. Yeah. Which uh, like nobody knows exists. Right. Um. Some people do, but it's way less known than postpartum depression. Yeah. And um, if you don't
1: know, now you
0: know. Yeah. Right? That was wild for me because Alexis is one of my best friends going back, like, 15 or 16 years now. And so I knew her Mm -hmm. during the whole time she was pregnant, after after her first baby was born, when she was experiencing all of this. And I truly had no idea. Mm. But she didn't have – like, she kind of said, like, she She also didn't didn't really know. know. Like, it it was just, like, hard to figure out and hard to tease out what was going on. So it was, like, really interesting to get to hear – like, one of your long-standing, like, best friends story of, like, one of their, like, lowest moments and yeah. just realized, like, damn, like, mm-hmm. I just thought you were, like, a little anxious about the baby because every mom is, and it was so much more than that.
1: It goes-, it goes to show just how much we don't know about or each other, you know what I mean, um, or how much people choose not to share with one another right. because they don't feel safe to do so, because they feel maybe there's... Um, stigma or shame attached to it, or I should be feeling, you know, ecstatic because I'm a new mom. And, you know, these are just like whatever, you know, Um, but um, that is the reason why we talk about these things is to take away that um, stigma and shame around those topics, because there's so many people that are going through it that you don't even know, you know. So, I mean, I'm always like that be kind. Be kind to one another. You have no idea what the next person is fucking going through. Um, And, you know, I don't have a child, but I can only imagine my anxiety that I already have now would totally be exacerbated if I did have a child. And um, I'm just putting that out there now. Check in on me, all (laughs) alright? Even
0: even just with your dog, with Leo, like when we take him camping and stuff, like it's like Reina, you gotta just—he's fine. You're allowed to have fun. So even a just helicopter mom for sure. You are a helicopter
1: mom <laughs> with, with that poor. My, my dog Leo—he's four years old now, yeah. but yeah, when he was a puppy, he got sick a lot, and I just—it's just one of those things. Like I really, really love him like beyond words, and so it just scares the shit out of me that anything could possibly happen to him. Yeah. Um, and I know that is definitely something that i need to like scale back on like he's okay like luckily i have a partner that it's like chill the fuck out yeah. <laughs> you know you know what i mean like he's fine he's fine i'm like okay you know um but yeah it's it is helpful for you to point that out because you know that's some thing that i need to work on so alexis thank you so much for sharing you know, your story with your first child and having postpartum anxiety, because I'm sure there's a lot of women or pregnant individuals out there that, um, you know,
0: may experience the same thing. And now they have some vocabulary for what it is. I mean, you and I have a friend who recently had a baby and I um, feel like I remember seeing a DM on the Instagram account from her Mm -hmm. saying, oh, my God, this is me. Yes. Um, I remember that too. Yeah, and I didn't know, and I didn't know that this was a thing. And now I can talk to my doctor or whatever. Oh, like good. the next thing yes. was. So, you know, I think postpartum depression is very serious. It gets a lot of attention as it should. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but postpartum anxiety is also very serious, and it needs a lot more attention. It almost reminds me about like, maybe like. 15, 20 years ago, when like mental health was like first starting to be destigmatized and depression was like the only thing talked about, like mm-hmm. all the medication was for depression, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And like it took a while for anxiety to catch up in terms of like importance or like social capital or being talked about, like just right. about as much as depression. And so it kind of feels like it's lagging in this like postpartum world yeah. in the same way.
1: I agree. I, and they go hand in hand. Totally. You know, like, fuck. Um, like I take an antidepressant, even though I am like ang- anxious, yeah. but that only causes causes me to be de- de- fucking depressed, you know, being anxious all yeah. the time. And then like your energy just like goes, it just plummets because you're yeah. just, you're so overwhelmed with all these thoughts just trying to survive protect yourself blah, blah, blah. it's exhausting that you just can't do anything and yeah. then you feel like a fucking loser because you don't do anything you just lay on the couch all day you know and then there that's when their depression sets in and it's just like a fucking vicious cycle
0: yeah they are like cousins aren't they yeah they really so are. frustrating mm-hmm. so alexis thank you yeah. for sharing um, I know it's especially vulnerable for mothers to share anything about, like, anything real about motherhood, like, anything that doesn't project some perfect image. So we really appreciate your realness, and you definitely helped people with that episode. Definitely. Oh, man.
1: Okay, now moving on to episode number three.
0: Okay, this one was a heavy hitter, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, And probably more so for you than me, Mm -hmm. but um, this episode was You Are Not What Happened to You with Courtney. She came on to talk about her childhood sex abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that her journey was incredible and that she was so courageous um, in telling her story. Um, And then toward the end of that episode, you did a little bit of – Disclosure. I did.
1: I did. Which was
0: also very brave and very powerful.
1: Thank you. Well, she inspired me to do so. Yeah. You know, I don't, I'm not ashamed to be a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. You know, Um, I don't talk about it very much as part of my story. Um, I hint here and there about it. Um, But just listening to her um tell her story and all the shit that she had to go through it was just fucking like hitting me hard you know like it totally resonated i could the whole time i was
0: just like like totally yeah i was like looking over at you through the interview like wanting to make sure that the story was being told but i was like so not worried because it's not like i mean you're fucking strong like, you're tough as nails. I yeah. wasn't like, oh, is Raina going to, like, not be able to handle it? Like, it wasn't that. But I just, like, I was, like, imagining what was, like, rushing through yeah. your brain I and mean, just looking you- over at you, like, how is she doing? Is she okay? Like, what is, is she going to disclose? Like, what's going to happen? Yeah, I
1: mean, you're aware of my story. Yeah. And, I mean, honestly, I haven't started really, like, going in on it um, until, like, four years ago, you yeah. know, four or five years ago when I started therapy, you know. So it is still new for me to share it. And um, I still get really uncomfortable and tearful, um, but just her strength, um, it just inspired me, you know, like there's nothing there's nothing wrong with what um, we didn't do anything wrong. You know, it was not our fault and it's not your fault if something happened to you. Um, and we are so much more than what has happened to us. And that is why I was just like, yes, this did happen to me and it was fucked up and caused a lot of harm, but look at us today, you know what I mean? And if that can like inspire somebody else that may be going through this, um, right now or trying to figure out, um, you know, their own behavior patterns or why they are the way they are, react the way they do, um, and start questioning their own thoughts, you know, I think I'm here for it. That's what we're here for, right? Yeah. So talk about those uncomfortable
0: things. <laughs> I mean, you two just did a beautiful job with that. And I will say as someone who works with survivors of a range of, of sexual assault of all varieties, but many of my clients are survivors of childhood sex abuse, like just the common thoughts mm-hmm. that are distortions are, This is my fault. I did something to cause it. And this defines who I am. Mm -hmm. And so, and you know, we work to undo those thoughts. But what I think was so beautiful about that episode was the opportunity to sit in the presence of two survivors for our listeners to like sit in the presence with two survivors and hear actually, on the other side of it, two people able to say like, this was not my fault. Mm -hmm. I did not do anything to cause this. And, I am not defined by, it. I'm so much more than, than this yeah. thing that happened to me. And that is like such a powerful message for anyone who's been harmed in that way to get to receive. And it's like true. Like just everyone knows, like it's real, like that w- neither one of them were like putting on like a brave face and, for the podcast. Like I think I might that have was, there
1: for <laughs> you, I did look,
0: o- <laughs> I did look over and I was like, like um, I was like, okay, well, she'll be back I'm just gonna keep I'm just gonna keep it going um because I knew you'd be back because you're very you're a very like resilient person but I just um I think that it was such an act of courage and such an act of love for you to to share your stories in that way
1: oh thank you I just want to also Courtney to know like she wasn't alone either like I just felt like oh my god I need to tell her you know what I mean? Like, you're not alone either. You know, it's our stories are, yeah, it's just a trip. So I, Courtney, Courtney, thank you so much for your bravery, um, for telling your story. It's a fucking hard thing to do. And that's yeah. something I'm still working on. So I appreciate you very much.
0: It was another, like, one. the one other thought I just have about mm-hmm. this episode is it is another example of not knowing what people are going through. Because truly, like, I've known um her I've known Courtney for years and years and years including during the time period that the things that she talked about were happening mm-hmm. no idea you would have never known like yeah. sweetest girl at school like you just wouldn't have known right and it um i think it just really highlights that we don't know what people are walking around with it really highlights the importance of like asking and tough questions and talking about tough topics so that like hard questions can be asked and answered honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that was like a thread throughout a lot of the people we talked to this season. Like yeah. you would have no idea if you just looked at them, what they're walking around with.
1: Right.
0: None. Yeah. That's crazy. So Courtney, your beautiful spirit and yes. thank you Thanks. for what you did with that episode because it was incredible. Yes. Um. Then we had, like, total pivot, total topic change with episode 4, Love in Lockup, with Haley, Haley. Reina's friend Haley, Um, by far the episode that has blown up the most for us, so thank (laughs) you, Haley. But this was about being married to somebody that is doing time in prison. Mm -hmm. Wild. So wild. And... Her
1: whole story is wild, yeah. <laughs> from beginning to now. Like yeah. how they met, how they had a baby, got married, and then he ended up in prison. Like yeah. it's so fucked up, you know. And something for something he didn't do. Yeah. And um and how she's now, you know, with your first newlywed year, you know, you had a fucking or whatever your newlywed years you had to do alone. Yeah. With your own with your guys's new baby. But fuck, dude, I mean, imagine like navigating your life totally different than yeah. you thought it was going to be when you get married and have a kid with somebody that you just totally you fell know? in love with. Yeah, I mean,
0: I really admired Haley and also was like, this woman is just a badass. And I have to say, like, I every week I get texts from people I'm friends with who listen. Um, but that week I got... The most kind of like holy shit, this woman's a badass, and then Hi. including and then and then like DMs from people who listen who I'm not like the closest to in the world that mm-hmm. would were like that woman is a badass and she knows it, and I love that she knows that she's a badass, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. um, so that energy really struck me because it would be very easy and very understandable to take a totally different oh, yeah. approach, yeah to the situation and yeah. i was like all right like this is ho- this is how you like keep it moving this mm-hmm. is how you like keep it going in a relationship with some like with somebody like i get sad sometimes if my boyfriend's going to be out of town for a week mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i can just still text him all day and like video chat with him later yeah so That sounded codependent. It's not. But you know what I mean. Like, it's like. Uh,
1: Like, especially uh, if you're like a new newly together and then anybody can relate and their partner is gone and not only gone, but like in a fucking prison cell, Mm -hmm. you know, with fucking like who the fuck knows prison guards and prison people. And you know what I mean? It's very scary and you can't even get in touch with them. You know, so it's yeah, it would drive me crazy and um, to not live in that suffering with him, um, is so like, wow, that takes a lot of strength because I also have a family member that's in, um, jail right now who's facing, you know, like life in prison. And it, I, I can't even fathom it. You know, I can't even fathom him even being in jail right now. And like for the first when I first found out he was incarcerated, I I didn't want to do anything. You know, you feel guilty doing anything because like if they're stuck there, you don't want to do anything, you know. Um, But my therapist told me, you know, your like your suffering will not take away their suffering. Yeah. You know. And so I'm just like in awe of Haley and how she's managed to, you know, figure out how to fucking do this and keep it moving and with a positive attitude and just like with her eye on the motherfucking prize, you know, she sees the day is coming another year. That's, you know, like, it's just, I don't know. It's inspiring to see that, yeah, you can definitely be a victim of your circumstances um, or you can choose to. to
0: Yeah, I was blown away by all of that. And then it also got me thinking just about like what it means to be kept in a cage and how oh, fucked God. up it is that so many people are behind bars for things they didn't do or things that are like such small, petty crime, like crimes. And then the whole piece about how like, because of COVID, they hadn't been able to like see even like right. see each other right. in all this time. Yeah. And, this and, is like your wife and your it baby. just broke my heart. But yeah. she also like really inspired me with her like, but we keep it moving. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, thank you, Haley, so much. Yep. Hope to have you on in
0: the future. Yeah, we need, we definitely need to follow up on that one. We do. Um, we do. In a year. Yes. Um, the next episode, you're not crazy. It's out of order. Was with Natalie, who lost, uh, who's the mother of twin boys, one of whom um, passed away. Uh, I believe it was one or two months after he was mm-hmm. born. I'm having trouble remembering the exact yeah, age feel. at the moment. Yeah, um, that was a really powerful episode for me, and I'll tell you why. I have an older brother mm-hmm. who died the day that he was born. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was after my mom had um, experienced three miscarriages. Mm-hmm. So three miscarriages, gets oh pregnant, carries it to term. He pa- he passes away. He dies. Um, he had a disorder called trisomy 13, which um, mm-hmm. is not if you it's not survivable. You live if you live till you're like two, and it's very it's basically a third thirteenth chromosome. So um, He was alive when he was born. He was alive when he was born, okay. and then passed away. So Natalie's episode and Shafina's, which we'll talk about. Yeah later, both really, really impacted me because it gave me a perspective on what it must have been like for my mom, yes. because yeah. we always knew that we had a brother named Daniel, mm-hmm. but he was not talked about in our household. My parents never talked about him. Mm-hmm. They never really talked to him about us, except to like, not like just to say like, oh yeah, there was a baby before you. And my mom had in her dresser, like I can like see the dresser in my mind, a drawer. The bottom, the bottom drawer of the middle row was the Daniel drawer. It had his ashes. It had all his baby clothes that she had bought for him, like a rattle that she saved. Um, the news, the like birth and death announcement, um, his funeral home card, which I now have on my altar, like all the Daniel stuff. Wow. And I
2: used to, like, sneak into that room and go through that drawer, like… I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high-quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's thrivecosmetics. Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast.
0: at least twice a month because I was like, I had a brother. Yeah. Like I, and I always wanted pictures. No, no. cause no. it was the eighties. So yeah. they just took him away. She never got to hold him. They took him away. My, oh. my, they took, they could tell something was wrong. Um, they took him away. My dad got to hold him. She never held him. So anyway, like all of that to say, like, there's like this thing that exists in my family. That's not a secret, mm-hmm. but it's also not talked about. Yeah. And I always felt like some type of way about it. I personally think that it had a huge impact on my parents' marriage. It had a huge impact on me because I was the baby next and I lived and talk about uh, expectations. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. um so I had always experienced it through like just my pers- my experience of like sure. I wish that this person had lived. I wish I knew him. I want to talk. I want to like know about this. No one will talk about it. So getting the chance to hear Natalie and then later in the season, Shafina both share their stories, mm-hmm. um, actually got me to reach out to my mom and was like, we just I just recorded two podcasts about this. I don't know very much about how you experienced this, except for what I read in your journal and found in the Daniel drawer. Mm-hmm. Like, do you ever want to talk about it? So we have pl- We have time planned um, okay. next month to like have like an actual conversation about what the experience of losing your first child is like. Mm-hmm. As I and it wow. just it really moved. Like their stories, like really, really, really moved me mm-hmm. and explained a lot of things to me about my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, that I didn't understand and was really judgmental about previously, so it was like like I just want Natalie and Shafina to know like you two made a profound impact on me personally, and I'm really grateful Good. for that. I love that I was like rambling, but it was like
2: no, big no, you like, not. Like, I,
1: think I think that's just so fucking amazing because it, there is like this at some point we do see our mothers or parents as like these human beings that have their own stories. And it's like, wow, you know, it's like, like a fucking, I don't know. It just changes your, it shifts your perspective so much. And it's just things start making sense. or you now you give a little bit more grace or a little bit more forgiving of, of some things. So, um, and and it also just shows that these women's stories, um, the ripple effect from their from their sons, you know, still mm-hmm. carries on, and what that energy is yes. still doing. Like we're all still fucking like connected in that way. It's just
0: yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It was, yeah, I'm so glad you guys are going to talk. talk. I know, me too. Well, because Natalie talked a lot about how just disorienting it is to have a baby die that young to lose a child period but then like a a, to have like give birth and the baby passes away like you the way that she talked about how how she just felt like she was losing her mind yeah I could totally like understand my mom differently through that and she was especially she was 21 years old oh I know Especially crazy. after
1: like three miscarriages and I know. You're carrying it full term and then what the fuck? Yeah. It was just like total like shift.
0: And then I popped out. And then you popped all, out. All jaundiced, but mostly healthy. <laughs> 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 I had really bad jaundice. I was like born oh, with jaundice. My niece but... had jaundice too. <laughs> but had to go back
1: to the hospital.
0: It was fine. Oh my god. It for me in the eight it was nineteen eighty three, so the doctors were like just just put her in the sun. <laughs> that was their medical well, advice. It, it did work. And they just so she just, just so she just put me in the sun. At least
1: you're in Arizona. True. You know, so like that's what my niece had to be under a little
0: a little lamp. lamp. Aw, baby. You know, was born in January. There ain't no fucking sun around here. No. Um. But
1: yeah, and she was okay. She was okay. Well, I'm glad.
0: Yeah. So anyway, that was like. Well, thank you so much, Natalie, for
1: sharing your your story. It was very. I don't know, like, oh, like boom, boom, boom. All these stories. I'm like, oh my god, these resilient people are just like amazing.
0: I, I'm just truly so moved by everything. <laughs> I know it's like it's fucking hell. It's hor- these are such difficult things to experience, and yet I am so um, just like reminded of our ability. As humans to, keep like, move through and grow, Mm -hmm. which actually is, like, the perfect bridge into power with Ambrosia's episode. Oh, my God. If you missed this one, you need to hang up on this episode (laughs) and go listen to episode six, Power with Ambrosia, because talk about a woman that just never – gave up and has like the fruits of her many labors to show for it now. Oh my
1: gosh. Yes. Ambrosia, Carrie fucking woman extraordinaire. I mean, she, I, I don't know. I've known her for a very, very long time and, um, just so very proud of her and everything that she has done with her life and what she's made of her life. And not only that, but her perspective on life, you know, and, um, She just shows that we do have the fucking power inside of us. We create our own reality. We create our own perception. We can choose at some point, you know, at some point when you can see it. I understand that there are times that you cannot see it. But at some point when you do, um, you can choose to either be a victim, again, a victim of your circumstances or if you're going to rise up again, despite of them, you know,
0: choose a path of healing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When you start the healing process, there's always going to be, trust me, there always is is going to be that point. So don't if you're not there, hang in there because they at that point will come. Oh, that's com-
0: that's so true. And I mean, I think you can see that, like in Ambrosia's story, she talks about like certain p- points in time along the way um, to where she is now, where she just realized like I can I can make this choice or this choice mm-hmm. and. It is okay to have wilderness years. It's okay to be lost for a while. That's really normal. Mm -hmm. But there is frequently a moment where you, like, hear the call. Yeah. And the person calling is yourself saying, like, I
1: don't want to do
0: this anymore. Bitch, can we get back to ourselves? Like, Like, I don't know how, and it's okay to not know how, but, like, can we, like, try to find a map that like shows us where the path starts and like that's what i mean by like choosing the path of healing versus like you don't get to choose your emotions but you can choose to begin the healing process
1: Start becoming aware of your behavior patterns and then you're like i'm so tired of feeling like this that's the moment when you're like wait i don't have i can like start doing something about this Or, you know, like, I'm so sick and tired of this. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to feel like this anymore. Once you can see that or feel that there, that is you. Like, that is like your soul, your spirit, whatever you want to name it, like talking to you like, no, girl, you don't have to or person. No, not even a girl, just a person. You don't have to be feeling that way. You don't. This is not what we're here for. You know, like, um, and. I don't know. It's just everything lies within you. No, you can, you're not going to find this outside of you. I promise you that. So stop fucking looking. Um, You're wasting your time. (laughs) Start like looking within and um, noticing, you know, just start small with gratitude, saying things that you're grateful for, you know, and it could be as small as taking a fucking deep breath. Some people can't even take a deep breath.
0: breath. Exactly. Seriously. Those like, that shit works. Like, yeah. I do. A, um, this will surprise a lot of people who know me well, because I'm a very. I want to <laughs> lean away out there. Because I I am not the most like smushy, lovey person, but I'm pretty woo. I can be at least um, underneath the hard shell. But I started last December. Doing a daily gratitude list, mm-hmm. three just three things. I figured I had like in this incredibly privileged life I live, I got to be able to find three things every day that I'm grateful for, and they had to be real,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and they have to be different. So I, every day I can't be grateful for Raina, Santi, and my cat. <laughs> I am grateful for those three things. Yes. Um, I'm not allowed to put that on the list every day. Like they had to be, they had to be like different, like yeah, that's things. Good. And some days it was like really hard work to come up with something. But I think the point you make is so true. It can be as simple as like, I am grateful that my lungs allow me to breathe deeply. Yeah. And it really like, see. it's and like, I taste. yes, I, hear. I mean, the things yeah. that we totally take for granted, but just
1: starting small with the gratitude yeah. will shift that mentality of like that those Horrible negative thoughts, you know? Yeah. Um, because you're just going to be attracting that into your life. Like, just to, once you start with being grateful yes. and then just moving towards like, you know, it'll get you out of your funk. I I guarantee you it will. Yeah. Just keep at it. I mean, it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, it's not a magic button. But um again, that whole episode,
0: episode number 6 is all about the power that we all have inside of us. Harness it and find your way home to yourself. Yeah. And also like Ambrosia for President 2024. Yeah. Like I am on board with this woman and um aside from just one more thing on about her that I thought was so beautiful that I hope to see more of just in this world is, like, her um, grace and her power and her, like, strength she puts to work for herself, but also other people. Yeah. Like, she's was very focused on, like – she owns multiple businesses, like, being a good boss, empowering the people that work yeah. for her, like, taking other people's strengths and growing them, too, and understood that power – is not a finite resource Mm -hmm. this is not like called power because she's like this like bad baddie even though she is like it like the way that she thinks about power it's like she's powerful so she wants you to be powerful Mm -hmm. and then there's more power yeah instead of like i want to be on top and step on everyone on the way like below me no and that was really cool
1: totally that's where it's at, you know, doing the work on yourself and then being able to help others, um, whatever that yeah.
0: looks like to you, you yeah. know, so which, which then also like rolled so nicely into the resilience episode with yes. Jessica because um, same kind of thing. Someone that just has done intense self-work mm-hmm. and is now sharing what and they've learned with others. A lot of yeah. 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 So this episode was our friend Jessica, who's a stress resilience coach, mm-hmm. um, overcome a lot of um, very intense trauma oh, in her it's life. Yeah, trauma. Yeah. Throughout, whole entire life. Um, and is also fucking genius. She's like a yeah. neuropsychologist who um, now teaches uses what she's learned through her lived experience and um, academic training to help people build resilience to stress which we all need because we're all really fucking stressed out We
1: are.
0: and that was just a fun that was just a fun like feel good
1: it was because again she says you know kind of you know it's the same dialogue you know you have it inside of you you have all the resources inside of you to take care of you and you know just as stress can get You, you know, our bodies are made to protect us and they're made to keep us surviving. So they're going to do whatever the fuck they need to do, um, but also create harm to us. But we we fucking have the power to try to, like, calm down those stress hormones, um, the stress. uh, Yeah. All that shit. You know, if we can get control over that, which we have the power to do so. She talks about modalities to do that with breathing, exercising, you know, you hear of these things all the fucking time. They're the hardest things to do. I don't know why, but they are. <laughs> you actually do them, though. It fucking yeah. Works, it out. totally works. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it's really helped her. And, y- you know, um, the trauma lives inside your fucking body. I mean, it's Um, she shared some really. um, I think some some things that were really personal to her. And, um, definitely appreciate that from you, Jessica sharing, you know, she's had seizures due to her traumas. Um, and that's something that the body has done to protect her. And she's still working on that, working through it. But the thing is, is she's asking why, you know, like starting with the why, why is, am I feeling this way? Why is my body doing this? And then once you know the why, then you can start working on those stress behavior,
0: yeah. or like stress management. Hundred percent. I love what you just said about like there's this physical thing that her that her body does these seizures, at, to protect her at one at at one point was protective. Now it's less useful, right? But the sort of key thing is like if you have an overactive like protection an overactive stress response a learned behavior that was useful at one time Jessica's message is like if you know you have these responses that are no longer actually protective or serving a function you have within you what you need totally. to change it and that's totally true it takes work it's oh, not like yeah, it takes so- it's oh, not I mean, just but it's it's years yeah right?
1: it's years of your nervous system Overactive nervous yep. system, basically having to relearn, is. and now you have to try to know, do those fucking pathways.
0: <laughs> but it is so it possible. Is possible, and it that's possible. the message of hope. I think across many of these stories, really, because like every like basically what we're all ta- what we're talking about, and all this is trauma, and like, yeah, it is fucking shitty. But I fucking swear to you that you can recover, you and can it's recover. possible. And like, I really. I walked away from interviewing Jessica feeling more sure of that than, than ever. Yeah. yeah Cause
1: she's, she's fucking doing great. Yeah. She has her own podcast and she has her own, you know, Instagram. She's just coaching. She's a coach. She's doing all the things again, using her story to help others, which is just a beautiful thing. Um, yeah. Amazing. It is amazing.
0: Then, after that, we talked with Morgan, who's a sexual violence prevention educator, in our episode, An Enthusiastic Yes, which was a follow-up to Season 1's episode, Us 2, where we talked about our experiences as survivors of sexual assault. What we talked about with Morgan was, like, how do we fix that problem? Yeah. So, this episode was all about us kind of questioning why do we have to live in rape culture? Yeah. Why do we have to have an episode about our experiences as assault survivors? What does what will it finally take to end the fucking epidemic of rape and sexual violence? Mm-hmm. And so Morgan um has been working in the per- sexual violence prevention field for years and came on to talk about like what consent even means. Like, first of all, fucking baseline. <laughs> mm-hmm. What is it? Right. Um, Besides like, and what I really took away. One thing I really took away was that no means no is like the bottom. Like that's the floor. Like consent means so much more than that. Yeah. Um. And it was just, it was nice to have a conversation about how to, what can we all do to solve a problem? Mm-hmm. Versus just a conversation about how we survived a problem.
1: Right. You know? Totally. Well, it's a whole, like, um, rape culture still perpetuates that negative. Yeah. I mean, yes, obviously, rape is negative. But if we switch it to um, what we're supposed to be doing as opposed to what we're not supposed to be doing... Maybe that would create more awareness and um, people would understand a little bit more what exactly consent means, yeah, right because people think of rape and they think of they think of a lot of things. I can just tell you right now a lot of shit is like going on sure. in my head
0: like a lot of media
1: narratives. images yeah, yeah, and it could be um and it's not it could be those things and it could also be less um it could be more I guess. Not at, I don't know, I don't want to say settle, but consent culture puts the um, punctuation, the focus on what yes actually means. Yes. As opposed to what rape actually means. Right.
0: It's It's like, like, yeah, uh, no does mean no, obviously, but like we talked about in that episode, like sometimes okay, I guess also means no. Right. Um, or I'm going to because I feel like obligated obligated, right now, I mean, really or
1: pressured or yeah. I don't want to get fired or I don't want people to say things about me or yeah. who fucking knows. It could be a lot of things.
0: None of that
1: is um, consent. None of that is true.
0: What I've been thinking about so much since that episode is that if we lived in a culture where consent was defined, like we talked about in that episode, as, as an enthusiastic yes. Mm-hmm. And we were actually allowed, like, socially to talk about, like, sexual pleasure. Like, here's what I find pleasurable. I yeah. really like it when you do this. When you do ABC, it really turns me on. Like, what do you – if we – what do you, what really turns you on? If we lived in a culture like that, like, just – everybody would be having like baseline such better sex. Right. So like it's not even about like it it is it is about not raping people. It is about yes. not assaulting yes. people. But again like that's just, there's so that much there's more so if you like too. think about healthy sexual communication, healthy boundaries and doing what needs to be done to ensure that everybody is really enjoying themselves, mm-hmm. like the bar for just the kind of sex that we're having. Right just goes up exponentially and it's not about like a transactional exchange or someone like it's over as soon as someone comes it's like no like we can actually like have such enhanced pleasure yeah if we really if we expand our mindset around talking about what feels good what doesn't and everyone be everyone participating being an enthusiastic contributor
1: wouldn't that that be be fucking amazing amazing if that was the norm I mean, and then it would be really clear when it was not fucking okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it'd be really clear when it was fucking sexual assault, and fucking rape if ever, if the norm was everybody talking about how pleasurable sex is and you know or yes. what turns you on and what you did and it would it all the good things, all the positive things instead of focusing on all the negative sides of sex um
0: it makes me want to like have like a sex a sex educator come on and just like talk to us about how to use communication to like fuck better yeah because i just think i like i you know anybody out there i just i really started thinking about like the floor is in rape culture A a couple steps up is like build a culture of consent and then like many steps up to be hard in this Puritan fucking country is a culture of pleasure where pleasure and enthusiasm is what is prioritized above everything else Mm -hmm. because sex is no longer like dirty or sinful and or embarrassing and it's okay to say like oh yeah like when you're when you when you're doing this I'm not super into it when you do this other thing, I'm losing my mind. Like, please do more of that. And it's not like an insult to someone's ego.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Can we get there, please?
1: We We're going to start the fucking movement.
0: Yeah, was- oh, So that was just, it was, I thought it was going to maybe be a depressing episode because it was about like rape and sexual assault technically, but it wound up being mm, it was very really educational yeah. and fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I learned a lot and I, I, once again, just validated. That what happened um, when I was younger was not okay. That it definitely was rape. And that was just like, fuck yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. thank you for that. Um, So thank you so much, Morgan, Morgan. for coming on and sharing your knowledge and teachings with us. Um, And then that brings us to our last episode that we just had Mm -hmm. with Shafina. Sweet Shafina. He was here. He was here. (sighs)
0: this episode moved me oh my God, and know. not even so Shafina's story was about her son who was, um, still born. I don't, I already talked about like why that, that episode and Natalie's episode really impacted me personally, mm-hmm. but there was something else about this story that just moved me that I can't even fully put my finger on. It's like Shafina's it spirit. Shafina. spirit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, she um I think it that's where it was at. She has yeah. such um a light inside of her and it was that's where I felt it with her just like yeah. her she's just so sweet and I know this story was one of other stories that she's had to come Um, and overcome um, and and deal with. And, um, um, yeah, I I know there's just been a lot of stuff that she's had to endure. And it just, you know, when you meet somebody like that, you know, you know that they're a fucking warrior and you can feel that presence in the
0: room. She she
1: is a a warrior. warrior. That's
0: the perfect word. Yeah. Yeah. That was just, it was just a really yeah just something about her and it f- wasn't the first grief story on the podcast it won't be the last um but she just has this light that you c- and it's like it's so warm it's so warm and yet you can like you can also like you can feel the pain mm-hmm. but you can also feel like the fight in yeah. there yeah. And I certainly felt that in the room when we were recording with totally. her. But I think it comes through in the recording itself. Me too. Me too. Because I was literally editing it the other day. Yeah. And I was like, I cry,
1: I started crying, I, you know. I could
0: almost start crying just thinking
1: Because about it. she has like this warmness about her. And it's interesting when I I'm literally thinking about this right now. When we asked her how she would define herself and she said, first and foremost she sees herself as a mother and i totally see her as like this not only a mother to her children but like as
0: a mother like a goddess. Like, 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 yeah like, like like a goddess of mother. like she created the <laughs> yes, world
1: yes yes or just like i just want to like you know what was that there was a mother with a big skirt and all the kids yes running, right? you know what i mean yes. just like just that warmness spirit that you can just give that person a hug and they yes. bring you into their chest and they will just like hug on you. You know what yes. I mean? That's just the, that's what I, am that's what exactly. I felt. Yeah. Me too. You know, and I think it's horrible that she had to go through this, you know? And, um, I hate saying things happen for a reason. I hate that fucking saying, um, it's not helpful whatsoever. Um, I do choose to, um, to say that what does happen, you know, what, what comes from that, it all comes down to the individual yeah, and how they navigate through those waters. Right. Because you could have, she, her and her family, but I'm going to just speak just for Shafina, you know, could have totally just lost it. Yeah. You know, and nobody would blame her. Yeah. and just given up and be victimized f- from that circumstance, everything. You know what I mean? But she, five years later, is continuing to like tell her story. She has she had another child afterwards. Yeah, like that is just like holy shit! Like I'm blown away by all of these. I be all of these. People, women. all these yeah. women that like are just like so resilient and. I don't know, you know, and this last one with Shafina is just, a, you know, just another icing on the cake, you know, just shows how fucking powerful we are, you guys, like, yes. so how par- powerful we are. Totally. Uh,
0: totally. I I mean, you're, I mean, you're right. right, like, you, it could have totally broken her, but it didn't, and it makes me think about, there's this book that I read a couple years ago it's called man's search for meaning by victor frankl who's a uh well he's passed away now but he was a holocaust survivor and a psychologist and um man's search for meaning is about his time in in the camps and he wrote quite a bit about the resilience of the survivors the things he noticed and and while he was there and his thoughts on himself and he wrote something that at the time that I read it I didn't fully understand it mm-hmm. because while I had suffered a bit in my life I hadn't suffered greatly yet because mm-hmm. this was before our friend Joe died but in the book he wrote that one of his aims in life was to learn to become worthy of his suffering mm-hmm. And at the time, I didn't get it. I was, like, worthy of your suffering. Like, why are you shaming yourself like that? Like, it wasn't your fault that you were, like, in, interned in a uh, camp by literal Nazis. Like, worthy. Like, you were already were. Like, it didn't make sense to me. But I kind of get it now that, like, what the women in the podcast have shown us, like, what I kind of take from that, what I take from my own experiences is what you've been kind of saying all season long. It's, like, you can choose to – rise to this occasion and to make meaning of it and, like, make something worthy out of it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what, like, everybody who we spoke with this season has, like, made something meaningful out of circumstances they never would have chosen. Right. Like, they have, they were already worthy people. They have, like, become worthy of the suffering because they've, like, made meaning out of it instead of just laying down and waiting to die. With these horrible yeah. things that have happened to them. Yeah. Um, and that's just like, that's what I just saw over and over again in like every person we've talked to. Mm-hmm. They like, it means something because they've chosen to allow it to mean something. Right. Which I'm just like, damn, I don't know. Like, yeah, I've been through some ch- challenging stuff, but I don't yeah. know what I would do in like more than half of these situations. Yeah, I know. But what I think that these that our guests have shown us is like what I would do, what you would do, what they would do is just keep going. Yeah. And then one day it kind of starts to going. make sense.
1: Please just keep going. Yeah. I promise you
0: that that point will come
1: yeah. when you realize that there is a choice, that you have a choice. Yeah. You know, like that is. That is the common theme amongst all of these women is eventually they, they chose in. They chose in. You know, they want to live this life. They want this life. This life can be so much. And it's not, like you've said before, it's some total of the bad things that has happened to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why do we tend to focus on all the horrible things that have gone on in our lives? Um, and it just becomes like a fucking on replay, right? Like you wake up in the morning and you automatically think of your problems and like, boom, you're right back in it. Like, but if you wake up and you start with the gratitude or something, you have the power to shift that mentality, like to shift your perspective, to, um, choose into this life and choose that you want to be what you want. Like you don't have, like you can't control some of these horrible things. A lot of these things, all of these things. Yeah. And you are allowed, outside of their control.
0: You are allowed to grieve them. Like, you're allowed yeah. to feel like shit. Of, but of course. What you're saying is like, and while you're feeling like shit, like just opt in yeah. to life. Yeah. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be easy, but like opt in. Like just mm-hmm. say yes. Like make meaning out of what has occurred. Make it matter.
1: Yeah. And it's. I mean if anything of what I've learned throughout my life and the shit that's happened to me cuz a lot of it was out of my control is that I am more than that, you know. So much more than that. And I don't want to like continue a life and be victimized or you know what I mean? I don't want to be held victim to what other people have done to me. Yeah, You know. People's
0: nasty choices. Yeah,
1: like I have the power. I'm a powerful human being. I'm fucking magical. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. I'm going to choose and like these other women to share my story, share their story in hopes that it's going to continue this ripple effect of helping others. You know, yes. like again, we can't choose what has happened to us. But we can choose what we do with it and we can Change that
0: narrative. Yes. We have that power, at least. Yes. well, Yes, well, and that kind of, like, moves into how we wanted to, like, wind down yeah. this episode, which is, like, just kind of reflecting on what this podcast means to us at the end of season two. And, like, yeah. that is something that I, like, one thing it means to me is making meaning, creating power, because it's a powerful platform where we share our own stories, mm-hmm. which has been, like, incredible. Like, I thought I worked a lot – like, a lot of the stuff we talked about in season one, I thought I worked out in therapy years ago. I did for the most part, but I never had had the experience of telling hundreds of strangers yeah, about <laughs> those things. I'd had the experience of telling one right. therapist. <laughs> so, and, like, there was power in that, and there's power in these women – And their stories and in the people's stories that we're going to tell next season. Um, And so, like, I feel like there's just something really important about and significant about creating that platform for people to talk about it and to know that they're not alone. Like, whatever thing you think you're sitting with by yourself alone, like, swear to God, you're not. And if we haven't gotten to your specific circumstantial story yet – we will.
1: We will, or you can share it, or
0: come, to, or come share it Absolutely. with us. That wasn't meant to be a pitch, but no, it, no. <laughs> but it was. Yeah. So come tell us.
1: <laughs> but it is. It it is so true, and I love what we're doing, and we've gotten some amazing feedback from all all the listeners, you know. Um, and I was just kind of reflecting on it earlier. Just you know, this started. Back in December as just a fucking drunken idea, you know, like um, trying to deal with our friend's loss and what we could do with it. Um, again, choosing to do something out of something fucking horrible. Yeah. And here we are fucking two, to the end of our season two, end of two seasons. Yeah. I'm you so know, and me too. And we've and these women that have come on so far, like they've gotten so much love you know, and feedback from their community. And it's just so amazing. And we want to continue this conversation. We want to continue talking about shit, talking about the hard shit, the uncomfortable shit, the fucking awkward. Nobody wants to talk about it stuff, you know, like. But
0: everybody wants to talk about it. Yes. Just no one will.
1: We're here for it.
0: So next
1: season, we're coming back for season three is going to be a
0: little bit Yeah, we're going to take the format from season one, which was just us blabbing away about our own experiences, the format from season two, which was interview-based to bring into the mix stories that we can't tell because we haven't lived that experience. We'll be mixing the two, so next season will yeah. be a combination of interviews and y'all's stories, mm-hmm. and then um, you're going to learn more and new things about the two of us, too. We didn't give it all away in season one. Most of it. I mean, we gave a lot away. No, life goes on. I mean, we've had a whole
1: season. You have no
0: idea what's been going on. I know. We've had new experiences, maybe. (laughs) We're vaccinated. I mean, we have. Um, So, yeah, stay
1: tuned for season three, which will be back in August. Yes. Um, we're going to take a little bit of a break for a little summer vacay. Yes. As y'all should. I hope, um, I
0: hope everyone listening is finding a way to take a break. Yeah. Take whatever some space. Your circumstances are.
1: Take some space. Um, we would appreciate if you share, you know, our podcast. And so other people can find us and um, listen to us and be a part of this fucking Amazing community that we are creating here. So, where can they find us, Megan?
0: They can find us on Instagram at shh.
1: Don't talk about it. Pod. <laughs> ah, I've I changed it up so
0: many times. <laughs> and also, you can email us at info at sh- don't talk dot com. Um, DMs are open. Email yes. is open. Everything's open. So, feel free to reach out. Let us know what you thought of this season. Yeah. Let us know what you thought of our little editorializing and additional sharing. We can't wait to talk to y'all in August, and we'll see you then. We'll
1: see you then, and let us know if you want to be a guest on our show. Yes, next season
0: we got spots. We well, have at least we've got spots. five spots to yes. fill. We have two episodes in the bank. We have we got space for y'all. If you want to be brave and join the legion of incredible women who have already shared, you would be in very. Good company.
1: Let's talk about it, y'all.
0: Let's talk about it. We're still talking about it. Yes! Bye. See ya!